D-S-N-Y. Yep, I learned a thing while I was doing some research today. And let's just, let's start the podcast off right with it. Uh, let me change the view here. Yeah, so today I learned that Greg Bird and Brett Gardner still talk. Greg Bird still not goes surprising. to Brett Gardner for advice. That does not surprise me at all. It just doesn't. I don't know why. Everyone kind of figured that everyone cut ties with Greg Bird, um, you know, as soon as he was cut from the Yankees, but... I don't know. That does not surprise me at all. Yeah, I get that. A lot of people think like, you know, this guy leaves your team. You just don't really talk to them anymore unless you were like really tight when you were on the team. And then, you know, earlier this week, Tyler Wade says he still talks to D.D. Gregorius and D.D. helps him out a lot defensively, offensively, whatever. And Greg Bird is still talking to Brett Gardner. And I know I don't think we got a chance to say it last week, but. I mean, how could we have been any more right about Greg Bird? Just hits a walk-off homer in a spring training game for the Colorado Rockies. We just knew that Colorado was where he was meant to be. He's actually from Colorado. That I didn't know. I always thought he was a SoCal guy because yes. he just has that kind mm-hmm. of vibe. Um, but he's a Colorado guy. He's with the Colorado Rockies now. Maybe he makes the opening day roster. Maybe not. Maybe he has to work his way on. Whatever. This is This is the best thing that ever happened to Greg Bird. I love it. I I love the whole idea. And we've been preaching this for years, for years. Even when he was with us, we were like, you know what? I think Greg Bird should go to Colorado. (laughs) You know, I think he'd be the perfect fit in Colorado. And lo and behold, he's getting stuff done out there. So good for him. So happy for him, but even happier that we might be right. Yeah, we might be right. And that's really what this is all about. That's why we that's why we do the podcast week in, week out. We just want to put it on the record ahead of time that we are right about literally everything. Exactly. I'm I'm so happy for us. Like this is a big moment for the Bleacher Creatures podcast right now. Oh yeah. Watch we Greg Bird just did. mess around and, and win an MVP for Colorado. <laughs> I will go on the biggest victory tour. The victory tour that Greg Bird takes as the national league MVP will be like 10% of what we're going to do on this podcast. If he wins MVP in the national league, people are going to be begging us to come on their podcast. Like our two C2 is going to be like, Oh my God, these guys just completely predicted the most absurd thing. Yeah. Greg well, bird of all I'm people. Getting head. I'm getting in my head, but you know what? We were right. I mean, Yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. All right. And it's not going to be 2021. 2021 is Fernando Tatis Jr.'s year. 2022, though, who knows? Maybe Greg Bird gets that MVP that he finally deserves. I always, this is like, this is my second worst Yankees take of all time. The first being that when, before 2017, I thought that we should have gone with Aaron Hicks in right field instead of Aaron Judge. Not because I didn't believe in Aaron Judge, but because from what I saw in 2016, I was like, ah, maybe he's like not quite there yet. And then 2017 comes and he should have won the MVP. So that's a hand up that one. I was wrong on that one. That's that's not great. But the number two is that we had Greg Bird slotted into the three hole. We had him breaking up Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton in the lineup. Oh, man, we could not have been more wrong about that. 
You know, I got to tell you, a year ago was when I really started like watching the old Yankee games because we weren't going to be having baseball coming back anytime soon. Spring training had shut down, yada, yada. I was looking through my Snapchat memories and I think it was like a year ago, either today or yesterday, because I don't even know what you're supposed to do for St. Patty's Day. But I was watching Greg Bird hit a um, a home run in the seventh inning of the uh, Yankees game three. I was watching that. That's what I was watching. Yeah, 2017. Great game. Great game for Greg Bird off Andrew Miller of all people. Um, exactly. Yeah. And that's, I, this is like, do you use time hop? I love time I, hop. I used to. Yeah. I love time hop. I'm on like 200 and something days of consecutive time hops. So I've only, I've almost gotten like a full year of what did I put out in the last, you know, 10 years on social media. First of all, my Facebook posts 10 years ago, I can't believe anybody allowed, uh, what 15, 14, 13 year old James on Facebook. That kid was a fucking idiot. We don't go to Send Facebook anymore. Text or call. Yeah, no, for real. It was like, <laughs> I just like post a status update, like house sitting at my cousins hit me up. Like, why don't you just text somebody? If you want to talk to somebody, you idiot, nobody needs to know this, whatever. Besides the point, this is like last year at this point was when baseball first got shut down, spring training got shut down. And I could see, looking back, the panic in my tweets. And that was panic for like, oh God, we're going to be shut down for like a month. What are we going to do? Like, no. One year ago, James had no idea how long this was going to last and how we just became a CBA podcast over the summer for like three, four months. He had no idea and he was still freaking out. So at least we made it through had a lot of people that were like posting their memories from a year ago they're like oh yeah this is you know my first day working from home you know for the next two weeks and i'm like what yeah i also i i came face to face with the moment that i realized that covid was going to be actually serious uh, i was on my way into work and i tweeted out i'm absolutely terrified of covid now because it's 8 30 a.m i'm on a subway to downtown manhattan and it's empty. I am the only person on this subway. And that was the moment where I was like, oh, this is this is bad, bad. This is not going to be good. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No, I mean, it's it's been a weird year, to say the least. But yes, um, I think it's time again for me to start watching some old games just because I need to get back in the swing of like the regular season hype. I'm ready for it. So you know what? Maybe I'll go queue up that Greg Bird game tonight. Yeah, that's a good one. And let me introduce the podcast really quick. This is episode 96 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, Warwick Gaming, and XL Media. As always, brought to you by Rivercrest NYC. We're getting real close to 100. And as a little as a little gift to us from the listeners, if you're listening right now, give us a five-star review because we know how many people are listening and we know how many five-star reviews we have. Numbers don't add up. We know you're listening every week, but you haven't given us a five-star review. Why not? If you're really, really listening every week, you know that James says the exact same line every single week. <laughs> every single week, yeah. And yet, up, James. Come and on. yet the ratings stay the same. So clearly they are not heeding my words. Maybe I should change it up to just, maybe I need something else to break through to them. But right. we would very much appreciate that. And I, I'm, I'm at like dog days of summer with spring training right now, like, I, we have a pretty good sense of what's going on. We know, mm -hmm. you know, who's going to be on the roster, who's not going to be on the roster. Everyone's looking good that we want to look good. The people who are not looking good, we're like, oh, whatever. We don't care about them. So now I'm just like, get me to opening day. I'm ready to start this thing. 
exactly why delay the inevitable i mean the yankees have won what seven in a row um they are looking good um obviously like we said spring training a lot of people don't take these things seriously but pitching looks good the lineup looks good they're winning games the pitching the pitching has been awesome i think i don't don't quote me on this stat because i can't remember if it's the exact stat but i think the starters have thrown like 40 innings and a 195 ERA, like guys who are going to be in our starting rotation. And I'm just like, spring training, you know, the results don't matter. But when you look at, you know, who's looking good, who's ready for this season, you're looking at guys like Gary Sanchez, who's hitting really well right now. We love to see that. John Carlos Stanton, 120 mile per hour exit velocities left and right. We love to see that too. Kluber, Tyone, they look good. I can't believe. Domingo Herman is actually like really good right now, like might be a lock for the rotation. And that brings up questions of what do you do with Davey Garcia? But, you know, well, I think the biggest thing I want to comment on, because we've, we've talked about Herman, we've talked about um, Garcia and everything like that. Jordan Montgomery is crushing it right now. Yes, Jordan Montgomery. I love me some Monty. I have been a huge Montgomery supporter and it's only invigorated my belief in him that over the winter, Max has been like really big on this guy is going to be so good this year. The fastball after Tommy John, we're up to 94, 95 miles per hour. We love to see that. The curveball always effective. Apparently he's, he's throwing his cutter a lot more and it's he's throwing it well. We know those lefties and their cutters, Andy Pettit, CC Sabathia. That's a good pitch for the Yankees. And I'm just, I could not be happier to have Jordan Montgomery in the rotation this year. This is like, this is his year to prove everybody wrong, whoever doubted him. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I'm super excited for him. Obviously, it's nice to have a strong lefty in the rotation. And even though he's still young, he still hasn't gotten the full, I mean, he's pitched in a full season, of course, but he really hasn't gotten that taste especially coming back from injury so um losing james paxton i think this is a perfect perfect replacement and could potentially be even better but obviously we have to wait and see see what happens in the beginning of the season and make sure he doesn't overwork himself too quickly but i'm i'm liking what i'm seeing from jordan montgomery so far so gumby is back yeah and that's another thing that you know, we make a whole big thing out of the Davy Garcia, Domingo Herman battle for the fifth starter spot. And we just have a bunch of guys who aren't going to throw 200 innings. Like Garrett Cole, that's a 200 inning guy, no matter what. But everyone else, like Tyone, Kluber, Montgomery, I'm looking for like 140. Davy Garcia, maybe 120. Domingo Herman, maybe 130, 140. Like we're going to have to have a lot of guys start who aren't just like everyday rotation starters like we have to send some guys down bring some guys up we got to get creative with it so i have officially become unconcerned with the fifth starter spot because they're both going to be starters anyway we're just going to have six starters it's so so strange because like for years all we focused on is like oh my god how are we going to fill out the rotation and now there's just like a plethora of potential pitchers and I mean, like I said, still spring training, not the regular season. Things could totally be different. But right now, going into the season, I don't think I've felt better about the pitching than I have in a very long time. That's so weird because going into the offseason, we were like, this is going to be an absolute disaster. We're losing Tanaka. We're losing Paxton. Like, what are we going to do with this pitching? Is Trevor Bauer's out there, but beyond Trevor Bauer, like, I don't know, Jake Odorizzi maybe? 
like we don't have that that next frontline starter and now we're like well we don't really need a next frontline starter because over the summer Luis Severino is going to come back he's been looking really good in his bullpen sessions and then I mean Corey Kluber looks fantastic Jameson Tyone looks fantastic so if one of them stays healthy that's all I care about Jordan Montgomery is going to mess around and win a Cy Young this year put that in the books it's on the records and then we just have you know Domingo Davey Clark Schmidt's going to be back at some point Michael King even Julius Chassin like that's a good starter he was the Brewers opening day starter two years ago like it's still a good pitcher we have so much starting pitching depth I love it I'm, I'm enjoying this. And now fans might actually be able to get to the stadium. Um, today it was announced that um, the New York State Department of Health and uh, Governor Cuomo agreed that Yankee Stadium would open to a 20% capacity to start the regular season. Of course, having either proof of a negative test or proof of vaccination. Um, first of all, just want to say a lot of people are saying, well, if I've been vaccinated, I, I just don't carry around my card with me. I was like, I carry it around everywhere. Are you kidding? Decide... I have that thing tattooed on my forehead. Right. I'm like, if I get stopped somewhere, like for whatever reason, and they're like, are you, are you vaccinated? Like, you know, go into a place, restaurant. There's a restaurant here in central New York that's doing only vaccinated diners one night a week because some people don't feel comfortable going out unless everyone's vaccinated so that's actually yeah. really smart that's you, a good idea you bet i carry around my cards i carry both of them everywhere they're in my purse i'm like oh yeah here it is you know even if no one asked them like see i did it i did it you know yeah i still got to get vaccinated both my parents got vaccinated uh most of my older family members are getting vaccinated now so i'm like I got to get that next in line. Like as soon as it's available, mm-hmm. I got to figure out how to get a slot and get myself vaccinated because I need it. I need to be in Yankee stadium again. I just need to like breathe in the ballpark air because I haven't had that experience in so long. And actually I will have it on Saturday. I am now a college sports beat reporter, which is mm. super exciting. I'm covering a softball game on Saturday. So yeah, very exciting. I'll get a nice little press pass and I'll get to sit in the stands and really take in a, take in a ball game. I was going to do baseball on Sunday too, but they got, that got canceled because of COVID of course. Um, But it's, it's not the same as Yankee stadium where you can smell the, the chicken fingers and fries buckets and the nice blue point beers all over the place. I just need that back in my life. I need that atmosphere. I agree. Um, I I don't know when I'm going to be able to get to a game and I'm not even sure if it's going to be this season just because of everything going on. Um, even fully vaccinated guys still be safe. Just try and be safe. Um, but like along those lines, I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to go. So like, please do it so I can live vicariously through you. Like I would really appreciate that. Yeah. I'll FaceTime you while I'm there. I'll just, we'll just have like a four hour FaceTime call where you can just watch the game from my shitty seats perfect even better i mean i'll also probably watch it on the background so i can actually see what's going on and then be like oh yeah james good job keep it up you yeah. know just to make like your arm sore or something yeah that wouldn't work at all um yeah the other thing with the yankees opening up at 20 percent capacity and this has nothing to do with the yankees at all actually but andrew cuomo i mean showing up at the press conference with a mask that was dual-sided with the Yankees on one side and the Mets on the other. What are you doing, man? Whose idea was that? Well, whoever's idea was should be fired because that is a fireable offense and probably a penalty 
a death penalty. I'm to be honest, like that's yeah, not right. That, I mean, we don't we don't do that here. You choose one team or the other, and all you really had to do was show up with a regular mask, and nobody would have said a goddamn thing. But you just had to go out and be like, "Hey, look, I'm a fan of both teams. I have my Yankees mask on one side and my Mets mask on the other." Well, now everyone hates you. Well, everyone already hated him because he's a bad dude, but now everyone hates him even more. Yeah, that's rough. That's rough. I didn't hear about, I didn't see the press conference, but I heard about it on Twitter and I'm like, what is everyone talking about that? He's both a Yankees and a Mets fan. And it's not a thing. Just makes sense. That's like, I'm the closest that you can get to being a Yankees slash Mets fan. And it's not because I have any love for the Mets. It's because when the Mets are good, that just makes baseball in New York more exciting. That just means more people are coming onto Twitter to try to talk shit to the Yankees where I can just be like, Hey, we're always going to be better. You guys have a good team this year. That's nice. Good for you. But we're always going to be better because we're the Yankees. Well, okay. Hey, um, got to talk to you about something real quick. And I feel like this is super appropriate to talk about on the podcast. Yes. Um, the New York Post. Oh, my God. I am... Okay, so I didn't even have to preface it, guys. I just had to say the New York Post, and I have triggered this man. Like, this, I am is, just... this is bad. Let's talk I'm about it. I'm so done i am so done with the new york post like what are you doing you're one of the biggest newspapers in the world you don't have to write this clickbait shit over and over again this week in particular they compared jonathan loisga to mariano rivera in a headline that made it sound like if loisga is not mariano rivera he's a bust well that quote came out of context if you even read the article it came from kevin cash two years ago and it's just like it's one sentence in the article and the rest of it is just about jonathan loisga it's one sentence that kevin cash two years ago says he kind of reminds me of a young mariano rivera shut the fuck up new york post you're ruining everything for everybody every headline you put out is a disaster why are we trying to set Loisga up for failure. There is no Mariano Rivera 2.0. There will only ever be one Mariano Rivera. He threw one pitch and that's all he needed. Everybody knew exactly what was coming every time and they still couldn't hit it. That will never happen again. And we got, we got to put Jonathan Loisga. Oh, well, Kevin Cash called him a young Mariano Rivera two years ago. So that's going to be the benchmark for him. The greatest closer of all time. That's the benchmark. That's where we're setting the bar for Jonathan Loisga, a 26-year-old reliever who never pitched in AAA. He's barely pitched in the major leagues. It's Mariano Rivera. That's the bar. If he doesn't reach that bar, he's a failure. Come on. I got to tell you, though, um, you know, this is kind of like uh, this is just a Yankees thing. And even like Yankee fans do this, like they like to compare. So people will be like, oh, my God, who's the next Derek Jeter? Who's the next, you know, Robinson Cano, things like that. They are constantly comparing instead of letting these players just be good players on their own standards. I mean, it's something you see all the time. So like seeing that, seeing that title and reading that article was, was super funny to me because I was like, wow, usually I see fans do this. And now I'm seeing reporters do this. And this so is let's, weird. Reporters, let's, let's ease off on that term because there is nothing about the New York Post to me that screams reporter. Come on. <laughs> Oof, boy. But all I'm saying is people love, love to compare when these players in their own right are going to be great just, you know, being who they are instead of trying to mold them into a Mariano Rivera, 
or a Derek Jeter type or something like that because nobody's ever going to be those guys. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. But that doesn't mean that they won't be great. So, yeah, New York Post, man. You you really done it this time. Yeah, and it, for what it's worth, Loisia hasn't even been good yet. We have a lot of faith in him because we know the stuff is there and mm-hmm. we can see that he could be a very good pitcher and Max loves him this year. So that's a really good sign because mm-hmm. we take, we take Max's suggestions at face value. Cause he knows everything, but I mean, he hasn't been good in two years. He hasn't gotten there yet. He was too young. When we called him up, he's still like, he doesn't even have a set role. He's like a multi inning reliever for us right now. He's not the future closer. That's never going to be Jonathan Loisaga. And we're just like, yeah, no, I think Mariano Rivera is a good comparison. Why? Because he's skinny. Is that the only thing? Like, that's the only comparison I can draw between the two. Jonathan Loisaga, he's he's skinny and he throws pretty hard. That's it. Okay. I want to talk about the annual, uh, annual daily Brett Gardner section. Okay. Daily Brett Gardner section. Do it. Tyler Wade is trying to ruin him now, trying to ruin him. Apparently he's, you know, joking about recording everything and, you know, trying to sue Brett Gardner, which you can't do. You just can't do that. Mm -mm. But it seems that Brett Gardner may have gotten older, but his pranks are more ruthless than ever. Well, that's what happens. Now now he's an old man. That was really good. That was really good. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, well, that's what happens when you get older. You just stop caring as much. You say, you know what? Like, I'm going to retire in two years anyway. And it's not like I'm worried about getting canceled because I don't even have the internet on my phone. So how am I ever going to find out if I get canceled? So I'll just torment Tyler Wade until the Yankees won't have me anymore. And of course, um, you know, Brett Garner talks about how much fun he has doing that to Tyler Wade and Clint Frazier, which I don't blame him. It sounds like the reactions are pretty hilarious. Um, And like I said, I would love to see some of these pranks like you hear about them, but they're so out there that I'm like, is this even real? But there's no way these guys can make that make that stuff up. I just don't know. But also more Brett Gardner news. He is a huge fan of John Sterling and I just love that it makes me just love him even more because I feel like a lot of people get annoyed with John Sterling and his you you know ridiculous home run calls but like the guy is he's he's God in this like Yankees world you can he can do no wrong just let the man enjoy his time doing it and Brett Gardner has made it very clear that he loves John Sterling and he loves listening to the excitement that comes when someone hits a home run it is beautiful so thank you brett for standing up for our guy john sterling i love it that's probably because brett gardner doesn't have a television so the only thing he can get recaps on games for is he has to listen to the radio broadcast if he wants to know what happened to the game he's got to listen to john sterling and susan waldman there are worse ways to get a recap yeah and i mean it's not like he's actually there in the game what yeah um and speaking of John Sterling. He called a game with Michael K this week for the first time in like, I don't know, it must be like 20 years, but that was a lot of fun. It was, it was a little bit awkward because you could tell that they weren't really sure like what their assigned roles were because they both are generally like, you know, you have, you have the lead person in a broadcast booth and then the color commentary and you're just kind of like, 
Michael Kay and John Sterling, they're both the lead guys in their respective booths. So how do you put that together? Who knows? They can't do it as flawlessly as us. We have two leads here, so it can't be as flawless as we do it. But I guess they've just been doing it longer. They're stuck in their ways. Still, it was yeah. really nice to hear John Sterling and Michael Kay call a game together. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, going back to uh, the whole Brett Gardner thing, because obviously everything circles back to Brett Gardner. Of course. We got we got to also talk about Clint Frazier this week. I just want to say, obviously, you know, from his hitting standpoint, he's hitting very well. He's seeing the ball very well. His batting average, I think, two days ago, because I didn't keep track of yesterday's game, but race his spring training batting average to 304, OPS to 899 in nine games pretty good pretty solid um, i'd say he's looking is, pretty good it's decent but there's been so much clint frazier content on the yankees page i've noticed um i mean obviously yesterday because he's a redhead it's you know saint patty's day so he's got to be like everyone's like are you a leprechaun like of course they're gonna do that but but i have noticed a lot more clint frazier going on there so maybe they're starting to market him more, which I really do like because I think he's a pretty marketable player. Absolutely. And maybe part of it is that, you know, he definitely has a role on the team this year. Like he is absolutely the starting left fielder. So he feels a little more comfortable being more of himself. Like we saw uh, yesterday or two days ago, he wore a Mickey Mantle shirt. And that's like, as everyone recalls, there was the whole, oh, maybe they should unretire number seven for me. Clearly joking. Clearly joking about unretiring Mickey Mantle's number, but you know, Yankees Facebook, Facebook Bob took it and ran with it and said, Oh, this kid is so disrespectful. I show some respect for your elders, young whippersnapper. Like, shut up, Bob. And then he uh he had that text that he didn't put this out, but uh Mike Stud, who I, Mike Stud's a rapper, right? Yeah. And I was just gonna say that. Yeah, I have his tweet pulled up. Yeah, he's he's friends with Clint Frazier. Something people might not know about Mike Studd. He played baseball at Duke. So he he played some baseball back in his day. He probably knows Clint Frazier from around the block. And he was texting Clint Frazier before the game. And Clint said, hold on, got to go slap Michael Fulmer around real quick. And then hit a monster home run off him in the game. And then that tweet comes, uh, that text chain comes out. The tweet goes viral. Instagram, it's all over the place. And it's just like, Clint Frazier is just doing him. And now that he's the starting left fielder, he's more comfortable doing him. And that the Yankees are like, hey, like this guy's clearly going to be around for a while. So let's showcase him. Let's say, hey, let's all get excited about Clint Frazier being Clint Frazier. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really am enjoying that. And he is looking good. So I'm really excited to see a full season of Clint Frazier post concussion this you know, I, I think this will be great for him. But yeah, the text chain was the funniest thing I read this week. Just timestamps and everything, you know, uh, be right back. Got to gotta slap around uh, Michael Fulmer real quick. And then boom, three for three on the day. Like what? I wish I wish I could see what he came back with to the text chat with. I don't think that message was in there, but I think it, no, it, it should have been like Mike Studd should have had the presence of mind to wait until the end of the game and get a text back from Clint Frazier, like fucking told you, Mike. <laughs> no, so good. So, so good. So what else you got? Uh, well, Gio Urshela, we talked about it last week uh, that Gio said he was pretty comfortable playing shortstop because of how often he has to shift there. And mm -hmm. oh, we're also going to, we're going to do a little chit chat about banning the shift in a minute. I don't think we talked mm -hmm. about that last week. Nope. Um, but Gio Urshela got a start 
at shortstop this week. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm on the fence because in my mind, I know that it doesn't make any sense for Gio Urshela to be the backup shortstop and have Tyler Wade in AAA. I know it doesn't make sense, but Tyler Wade doesn't hit. And maybe, right. maybe we want Derek Dietrich in there. Who's actually going to hit some, some home runs. He's not going to hit great, but he's going to hit better than Tyler Wade. I know it doesn't yeah, make sense, but I'm like talking myself into it. Yeah, but is Dietrich going to make the roster? That's another question you got to think about too. I mean, you've got what five guys for two positions, right? Yeah. And you know, maybe it is Mike Talkman instead of him. I think at this point we can agree that Jay Bruce is a definite, right? Jay Bruce and Brett Gardner for sure. Yeah, so Jay Bruce and Brett Gardner, and then Kyle Higashioka, gonna... my bad. Yeah, uh, Kyle Higashioka as the backup catcher. And then we're looking yeah. at that last spot, and we're saying, mm-hmm. well, Tyler Wade is by far the best defender. He's the fastest. He can play all these different positions. He's clearly the right choice, but he can't hit for jack shit. So maybe instead... Derek Dietrich or Mike Tockman get to have that spot. And Gio Rochella plays 20 games at shortstop this year. Yeah. And I mean, you also got to think too, that, um, you know, Mike Tockman is out of options. So, you know, you very well could just lose Mike Tockman. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it at that right. point. It's, I mean, you have to trade him or, you yeah. know, they're not going to DFA him. If it comes down to it, if everybody's healthy on the last day of spring training, they're not going to DFA Mike Tockman. He's going to get traded. Uh, maybe the St. Louis Cardinals. That's my pick. That's that's a good spot for well, him. Well, they didn't land. go for Brett Gardner, so uh, maybe some Mike Tockman there. No, but they still need outfield help. And I don't know. The Brewers The Brewers might be able to win that division. They might have been sitting pretty when they got Nolan Arenado. And they're like, hey, like we're going to walk to a division title this year. Nobody else can compete. And the Brewers go out and get Jackie Bradley Jr., so now they have three gold glove outfielders out there, which is just absurd. And I don't know. Maybe they're getting nervous. Maybe they want some Mike Tockman in their life. Do a little reverse of the Luke Voigt situation where we have this really good hitter who we just can't seem to find him a place to play. So how about you just take him and give us Chase and Shreve and Giovanni Gallegos? Well, here's the other thing, too, that you have to think about. And this is more on my end, like I think about these things and you probably don't, but if talking gets traded, like I've noticed in the past couple weeks, there's been a really, really great friendship brewing between Eileen Talkman and Kaylee. Oh okay? no. Oh, exactly. we're gonna, we can't break them up. We can't do that to them. Like that's unfair. They traveled over 244 miles to all these spring training games together. They're workout buddies. They Snapchat and like Instagram all the time. Like I see them on there all the time together. We cannot break up a friendship like that. Women supporting women. It's a beautiful thing. And outfield wives supporting outfielders. Yeah. And listen, what are we really expecting? If the next great Yankees double date pair is going to be Clint Frazier and Kaylee and Mike Talkman and Eileen. If that's going to be the next great couples couple, what, I mean, we can't break that up. We 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 got to think about Clint Frazier in this situation. We can't, you know, he's finally got everything going for him. We can't take that away from him. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And they just, they have such a solid relationship. It's a great foundation. I just, I worry about these things. Okay. No, it's, Totally fair. And I would love to keep Mike Talkman because I, I mean, I love Talkman. I think he's, I think last year was kind of 
disappointing. He said he was going through some shoulder stuff. So who knows how much that actually affected him. But we saw in 2019, you know, he got off to a slow start. But down the stretch, he was fantastic. Or we were looking at maybe Mike Tuckman is the starting outfielder and Clint Frazier is the fourth outfielder after Gardy retires. Who knows? Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I just, it's a tough situation because I love Tuckman. I want him to be on this roster. I want him to stick around and have a chance to prove himself again. But even if we keep him, when are we going to play him? How are we going to get him time? Right. I know. I know. All right. Banning the shifts. Banning the shifts. Yes. We mentioned this earlier and I have, I'm starting to come around on banning the shift. And Why? I know my, my original thought is if I'm the manager of a major league baseball team, don't tell me how to deploy my team. All right. If I want to have a lefty come in to pitch to one hitter and then go back to a righty, that's my team. I'll pitch them. However I want to pitch them. If I want to have seven guys in right field on defense, that's my team. I'll do whatever I want. But Francisco Lindor made a good point that it might be a little more exciting. If you had like, if you had to have two guys on each side of the infield at all times, that really opens them up to make some more spectacular defensive plays. Like how often do we see a ball that, I don't know, maybe the second baseman can get to it, but it doesn't matter because the shortstop is playing right field. So it's going to go right to him anyway. Like last year, Manny Machado was basically playing, you know, closer to Will Myers in right field than he was to third base. So it's just, I don't know, maybe it would be more exciting to see these guys show off some more range. You know, I, I agree with that point at the same time. I definitely don't think we've been, um, robbed of web gems because quite honestly, I don't know if all those people can get to those balls. Anyway, Francisco Lindor. Absolutely. Yeah. He can get to him. Not everyone can get to him. There's definitely a, a select amount of players that could certainly make those plays. Um, I, I just don't like the idea of, entirely banning the shift because how do you determine that is it just what side of the base the players on because like obviously they can move you know like yeah i would i would say at the start of the pitch it'd probably be two people on one side of second base if you take like three steps to the right like that's the shift because for some people that is the shift like it really is but no we can't just outright like you have to stand in this exact spot we can't do that that would be way too much Right, exactly. But like two on each side, I mean, I guess that would make sense. But, it, you know, I just don't feel like we were necessarily robbed from all those plays, except for maybe some from Francisco Lindor and Manny Machado. I'm yeah, sorry. and it's also it's also worth noting that the shift is not the problem with baseball uh, because pitchers are too good. Pitchers got too good. They all throw 98 miles per hour now. They all have ungodly breaking stuff. This The drive line, spin rate, all that stuff, it's made pitchers borderline unhittable. So stringing base hits together just isn't a good way to get offense. It's not the most efficient way to do it. So you're still going to have guys like Joey Gallo. Like, yeah, maybe Joey Gallo gets a few punched through the hole, but how often is he going to come in to score around those? Because, you know, you can just go get the next guy and get him to roll over a ground ball easy to first base. It's... You know, that's not where the offense is going to change. If anything, yeah, it might have to be lowering the mound, which I don't really want to do, but it's not something that's unprecedented because Josh Gibson was so good one year. They were like, all right, we have to we have to change the rules. We can't allow this guy to just be pitching to like a 1-6 ERA. We can't have that. That's just not fun baseball to watch, uh, although I would have loved that. I'm, I'm more of a pitching person. I love watching pitching more than I love watching hitting, so I would have loved that, but... You know, I, I don't know. It, you just have to make it easier to hit. 
No, definitely. I mean, that's my views on the shift. I don't know. It's it's just kind of a weird thing, like to see that because I'm like, to me, it's like ban everything, and I'm yeah. like, what they're what they're testing in the minor leagues now is that you have to have four infielders on the dirt. So I guess if you wanted to, you could have the third baseman and shortstop playing on the first base side a second, but they all have to be on the dirt, which at that point, it's like, all right, this might be a little bit of overkill to just have four people in a 90 foot span. Like, I think we can probably cover most of the balls that are going to get hit here. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I'm just kind of thinking like, hey, maybe it would be cool if Manny Machado had to stay at third base and, you know, got a chance to to make a dazzling play down the line. Maybe Joey Gallo does go down the line one time and Manny Machado makes a diving play. That'd be cool instead of watching him ground out to right field. Yeah. It's a weird conversation. I'm just that's yeah. just that's just where I'm at with it. I don't know. I I still think I'm against banning the shift. I, I'm I'm on the fence. I can't decide. I can't decide. Okay. I'm very indecisive. Okay. Okay. Uh what else we got? I don't have anything else. Oh, I have something right here. A-Rod and J-Lo. Uh, no, we're not going to talk about this. <laughs> nobody knows what's going on. Okay? I do. I looked it up. I looked it up. So they broke up and then went on a five-day trip to the Dominican Republic and then got back together. But the real reason that this is noteworthy in any way, shape, or form is because Jose Canseco called the shit out of it. And then... While they were broken up, he was tweeting J-Lo nonstop and not adding her because Jose Canseco doesn't at people. He just tweets, hey, J-Lo, call me. It's just Jose Canseco's a witch. He's a witch. Uh, all I know is that nobody knows this whole story. One second, everyone's like, oh, they're broken up. And half people are like, they're not really broken up. She just took off her engagement ring for whatever. And then... Uh, blah, 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 blah. this is not the bachelor okay like i'm done with drama in baseball i don't <laughs> want it i'm done with it but this is this is outside baseball because i mean a rod's not really involved baseball. yeah but it's baseball but it's not because a rod's not really all that involved anymore besides like he calls some games but nobody brings up j-lo on the games that he's calling i'm more looking at it for the stuff like like the inauguration where A-Rod was just chilling because J-Lo was singing the national anthem. We're just like, hey, A-Rod's at the inauguration at the Super Bowl. A-Rod just standing there. Like, he's just living his life like Forrest Gump. He's just like part of all these huge events for J-Lo. J-Lo is the reason he's there. And he just happens to be this super famous guy who's always at these places, but nobody ever actually invited him. Yeah, well, I'm tired of it. I'm tired, tired of it. it. Tired I'm of tired it. of all this gossip and rumors and blah, 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 blah. Plus, also, it really makes me sad because if they really did break up, it just makes me not believe in love anymore. And that is just, I don't want that. Can't I have want that. to believe in love. So show me couples like Mike Talkman and Eileen Talkman. Show me couples like Clint and Kaylee. Make me believe in true love again because with A-Rod and J-Lo, I just can't anymore. I just cannot can't do it they're just they're too popular they're too mainstream yeah. and last thing that i have here lebron james bought a stake of the red Sox. yep nobody cares Isn't he a yankees fan though uh i don't i don't know who he is i would have the only reason i even wrote it down is because the red Sox aren't a team in major league baseball that was ever gonna like 
not try to compete to win. Like that's one of the few organizations like the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, like no matter what these teams are going to be trying to win a championship any given year. I would have preferred if he had bought like a piece of the of Cleveland of the Cleveland Indians and then said, Hey, Dolan, I'm going to invest in this team and we're going to keep guys like Francisco Lindor. I have that $30 million a year to spare. I can give you $30 million to keep Francisco Lindor. So I would have much preferred that. But I mean, if, if this is just the trend, if super rich athletes are going to get involved in ownership groups, that can only be good. Yeah, I mean, it could be good and it could be bad. But um, you know what? I'm okay if it's bad when he's in the ownership group for the Red Sox. That's fine by me. Yeah, that'd be great if LeBron James just tanks the Red Sox and they go back to a uh, 86-year drought. That'd be perfectly okay Ooh, with me. Maybe that's his secret goal because I'm pretty sure he grew up a Yankees fan. I'm He's definitely sure. been pictured as a Yankees fan. He definitely owns the Yankees hats. And I think the, the picture that they used to announce that he was buying part of the Red Sox was a picture of him in a Yankees hat, which was just... Well, of course. Yeah, what of are you course, doing? Because drama. That's Because it. drama, yeah. Because drama, drama, drama. drama. Uh, all right. I think that's all I have for this week. I think so too. All right. So we will wrap it up there then and we'll see y'all next week. Sounds good.